Attention, attention, my black brothers. What I want y'all to do right now is take out the do-rag. The silky ties down. I want to see the waves glistening. If you got nappy hair, pick it. Don't let nobody discourage you. Ariel. Okay, so if you could write a biopic about an unsung hero in entertainment, who would it be, sir? Tiffany Pollard. It's always going to be Tiffany Pollard. <laughs> I'm so Are you ready. for real? I'm dead ass serious. I really want to see a film about her life. There's so many things to explore there. You've got colorism. Um, you've got just her actually being a game changer in reality television. Like, okay. think about the number of people who have followed suit and who have followed in her, like, villain role. Yeah. Like, she... Um, was one of the first black women to proudly stand in a villain role and do a damn good job of it. And it got her five spinoffs. So, because you're gonna count. Flavor of Love, Flavor of Love 2. So, she, Flavor of Love, I'm not counting. So, she was in the second one. It yeah. got her I Love New York, I Love New York 2, New York Goes to Work. Um, and then it was like New York goes to Hollywood. And then there was a fifth one in the making, an I Love New York three, and they canceled it because somebody died. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. The guy the guy like murdered somebody. Yeah, yeah, his like wife. So they stopped <laughs> all the like all the Mark Cronin um production stuff. So she didn't get her fifth show, but she was scheduled for five. And then like UK um going to Big Brother UK and yeah. fucking she like people did career. not watch that show and there are clips we sit up and at least I do look at clips of her on that show Oh you watch your fucking shoes I'm giving to you I'm telling you I'm telling you I would absolutely write and the relationship with her mom yeah. she deserves a biopic for being that bitch and for also just literally changing the reality TV game The gifts the damn the gifs I'm going to call them gifts. That's what I call them. Oh, the gifts. Oh, my God. Yeah, I would absolutely write a biopic about Tiffany Pollard. She deserves that. I was thinking about the guy that said he was delivered. The one that's no <laughs> longer... Call- <laughs> I am delivered! You know, he um, was arrested recently. I want, I want to write about his life, about how he, like, has, you know, become this man that loves women so much and loves eating the punani. <laughs> but he was... He, he just... It's a key. The girl is a key. He is a key. He loves getting up on live. I am not a sus. <laughs> I am not a sus. God bless him. What is up, everybody? It is your boy, Lord Devry, or your boy, Dev. And I'm Derwin King. And welcome back to That Black Boy Joy. How Woo! have you all been? How have you all been? Sidebar. Yes. Our show literally should be like the Dev and Dev show or something oh of that nature. <laughs> because it's Devin, Devery. Like I was thinking about that today. I was you like definitely introduce people um introduced okay. us to people as Dev and Dev too. That's I do. Happened. I literally people be like, Dev and Dev? Devin, <laughs> Devin. I'm like, yes, it's us. So we are here to give you all the royalty, but we also are here to give you all facts about everything that's going on in pop culture. Absolutely. How have you been? How have you been this week? Oh, my child. This has been a rough <laughs> week. Uh, You're tired. Terrible. I am exhausted as a bitch. Um, but yeah, I just, you know, I've been all over the place. And I guess a bitch is just off, th- just all together tired. Because, mm-hmm. whoo, I've been all types of down. Mm. Yeah. Well, you're, we're going to help you through that. I'm going to help you. you through it because this Thanks. is our jobs on this show is to help each other through this shit. But I didn't understand it, girl. So I started my job my new job yes. last week and it's been a whirlwind of like a lot of information thrown at me which is good and bad like good um i've learned so much in this short period of time that like it's like wow like i've had all this like 
information thrown at, you. thrown at me, but I can understand it and withhold and withhold it. Yeah. And it was really dope to like actually be valued. Yeah. You know, oh my gosh. To like feel like I'm excited to go to work. Like, and I know it's only like week two, but like I'm already like eager to wake up, like to go to work because it's like something I'm like passionate about. So it's been really fun. And it's just like, you know, meeting new people. And, you know, funny thing about it is my cohort, my coworker's boyfriend is the co-host of my favorite podcast, Let's Talk, Bruh. So Jeremy, shout out, shout out to you. Um, I found that out and I was like, oh shit, turn up. I love that podcast. So it's just like, and then also my um, other coworker, she is a podcaster too. So it's like, so interesting that we have this like whole podcasting like thing inside of our job and we've actually last summer before i got there our kids created podcasts oh. so it's just like what is is this like a thing yeah no in my head divinity honey divinity or whatever <laughs> it's called but no i've been doing good and i've been having a key so we're going to help each other through that. good and my friend was saying she just started her job and um she feels really valued too that's so great that's i don't know if employers are aware of what genuine um you know, valuing of their employees is like, mm-hmm. <laughs> but it really makes <laughs> it's a taboo to be it like, makes oh, a difference. I enjoy my coworker. My coworkers enjoy work. Like someone looking at you and saying, "We are very like genuinely happy to have you here," and not and not, not even just saying we're happy to have you here, but like you're very needed here. Yeah, we're um super excited to see what you bring to the table, or you're already bringing wonderful things to the table. Yeah, um, and that's what's been happening. They've been like on a regular basis. So we like were revamping our team. So it was just a lot of three people in the office. And now yeah. we're at a total of six today. Yeah. Uh, and we actually are hiring one more person on. So it's like we're almost like complete, you know, and it's just like very exciting. to like, I would be excited. Be in a process of like rebranding. So that is going on with us. So what is going on in our Black Boy Joy Spotlight? Yes, this week's Black Boy Joy Spotlight goes to George M. Johnson, who signed a second book deal um, called Stonewall, a graphic novel. Um, this is actually the second one he's got because his forthcoming nonfiction, um, All Boys Aren't Blue, is set to emerge in actually in April. Have you seen the um, cover art for that? Mm, it's a really no. beautiful. Actually, yes, we um, definitely retweeted it. Oh, that that was yep. that? I yes. was, you see, I was like hesitant because the go- the boy is cute. Yes. The man is fun. Yes, he is. I said, okay, George. This is wonderful to look at. Every every now and again, <laughs> he'll post on Instagram and I'll comment and say, ooh, wee. <laughs> <laughs> Can you stop being a troll? Can you stop being a troll, sir? I love saying ooh, wee. First of all, it is the best expression of joy and it's very true to me being attracted to someone. So shout out to you, George. George. He also just has wonderful things to say. We love black boys who write. Um, I, anytime a black boy has something to say, uh, especially a gay one, I'm all up and down. Like, I want to hear it. Because I, I always feel like the perspectives that we are coming with are so, like, needed, right? Like, yes. And I, I feel this way about trans voices as well. Just, like, I don't want to hear the same shit I've heard every other day. Yep, you know exactly which one it was. Yeah, exactly. Damn flowers. Oh, I love that blue. shit. That is a, do you know that's like And his name? image, too. You know that's in that's oh. his face. Yeah, yeah, that, that's him. It looks like it. No, it's, it's got to be in his image. That yeah. looks like to me. It looks like him. Girl, no, it's not him though. But all right, it's probably him when he was younger. I feel like it's him when he was younger. Yeah, but no, I really um, what was about to say. 
I forgot what I was say, but no, I fucks with that. Like, I'm really excited, like you know, to have that. This I've been seeing this era of men with the whole like flower headband, and you know, Afro Afropunk just passed too. So you know, that was like all over my social media. So sad, Shout out it. to everybody that went to Afropunk. Yeah. I went last year. You went last year. Yeah. Did you go the year before? Yeah, I had gone three years in a row. That's yeah, why I'm so mad. Yeah, you broke your streak. <laughs> I broke my motherfucking streak. But a I bitch heard is mad. everybody had a great time, and they were coming back today literally and i was like how do you come back today oh yeah i would take we used to take friday and monday off because okay y'all see we clearly are shooting today which is monday the show should have been out but you know we have personal things going on oh yeah but (laughs) it is also (laughs) it is our season finale everybody oh my god we are can you believe that you been with me Bitch, for a whole season. Looking at the fucking calendar, and I said, "How many episodes have I done?" Twenty. I said, "Whoa, whoa, whoa, whoa!" You've done like twelve, I think twelve. Yeah, like twelve. That's twelve weeks podcast. That shit is crazy. You are like when you get to fifteen, you're a legit podcast. I keep remembering that you said that when you get to fifteen, you're a legit like, podcaster because you're yeah. going to want to keep creating. Yeah. It's like, damn, yo. So how's it been, like, being a part of this journey and knowing we're about to, like, wrap up a season, but we're coming back, of course, bigger and better. How is it to, like, be a part of this, like, whole project? Um, It's really expanded. Um, So I'm always a person who puts a lot on his plate, but um, this is really... Um, stretched me to have some accountability with that because I remember when I was in college, I would just put shit on my um, on my plate and then sort of just like let it take control of me. Right. Um, and this has really taught me how to try to take more control over the things on my plate and just be more um, ahead of and on top of my schedule because we've done a lot of planning and yeah. moving around. Um, and then also just like you're a person who gets things done. So I think I've been very... <laughs> Um, oh, inspired by that. Yeah, no, because I think we had this conversation when we were trying to plan that one event. Um, and I was like, you know, I've got a whole bunch of ideas, honey. Yeah. But it's like the execution that can have, <laughs> that yeah. I can have difficulty with. But um, I think that you, you've definitely inspired me to do more of that. So I appreciate this journey and just being able to go somewhere and say what the hell I got to say. I love it. Yeah. Oh, well, thank you. I really appreciate that. I'm glad that you were able to be a part of this journey and you're still, you still are, of course. But I'm glad you were able to be a part of this season two of growing because it was challenging because I didn't honestly know if I was going to come back to the podcast um, because I didn't know if I had the support. Mm. But then I realized like it's not even about me knowing I have to support is that there is support if you are consistent. Mm-hmm. And then having you on and help me understand, you know, the vast knowledge that is that I need or that one like can grasp from somebody else is like really, 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 really beneficial. Isn't it great to just like to talk back with someone just to have like a space to bounce ideas yes. off? Yes. Because I mean, we, uh, we'll sit here and ask each other questions yes. and just like getting um, different perspectives. Even though we have similar personalities. We um, have, we do. We, we do often like give each other bits of information yeah. the other doesn't have. And that is too, that is true because we, we do have the same Myers-Briggs, but we also are different Zodiac signs. So yes. we do handle things totally different, but That's we also are true. like, people that are very outgoing, but we also like have different views on things. That's so true. I think that is beneficial, but we are, um, yes, we are going to go on a little uh, break for the time being so that we can get our minds together for some self-care, to work on some other personal projects because we are, you know, Working. Working. <laughs> and then we also are willing to wanting to come back bigger and better than ever, have more guests, have a studio, things of that nature, just to, you know, always keep growing. But can't wait. We love you all. Um, so we're gonna go right into our hot topics of the week. Yeah. Which is oh my god. <laughs> this damn fucking sandwich. <laughs> this damn Popeye's chicken sandwich. It's so funny, right? Because apparently it's been around for a long time, but it has. like it's just a wave of people actually noticing it exists. So Twitter. 
It was because Popeyes was beefing with Chick-fil-A and Wendy's, and they were all in the Twitter beef. So shout out to whoever runs their marketing fucking... You think it's black people? Yes! <laughs> the fact that Chick... The thing about it was like, it, it has to be black people or somebody that's culture appropriate. I was right to say, dude, I don't know. I, because I the fact that they was like, are, like, it was just like little, little snippets of like, this is not probably true, but like, I feel like they was like doing like, is you mad things? Like, Chick-fil-A, like, you think you better than us? Or, like, it was, like, really, like, things, but, like, that's what threw it over the edge is, like, people on Twitter, like, Twitter specifically was, like, seeing this whole beef between two restaurants. And people was like, let's try this sandwich. It allows that. And the sandwich is actually pretty good, I've heard. I can't get a fucking sandwich because they've been sold out in our area for the past fucking forever. Well, child, I'm a pescatarian, so unless I mean, they do you know, that shit with a piece of uh, fish it ain't happening <laughs> over here. <laughs> but, so you know, McChick, you know Mc, uh, they have McFishes at McDonald's. Get the hell out of my face. <laughs> I can't even make that taste good with some Old Bay, and that shit makes everything taste good, honey. No, everyone I talk okay, to Okay, Maryland. Tired. Oh, yeah, you know, we okay, do Okay, Maryland, Chesapeake. We do, we do the Old Bay, honey. <laughs> that shit is like magic. Crabs. Oh, it's, it gets delicious on everything. It is. I won't be trying the Popeye sandwich, but everyone that I talk to says that they love it. Um, my friend, Tori, she's very honest about when she likes or doesn't like stuff. She said it's immaculate. She said the pickles are fresh compared to um, Chick-fil-A. Oop. So, she, Oop. <laughs> the one man said, the pickles taste like chicken. Um, I personally, I hate to, I hate to be, you know, the party pooper, but something about, like, corporations, Twitter accounts using um, AAVE or even just, like, using familiar language seems so strange to me. I like there being a divide. Um, yeah. Because I know, like, I mean, it's a, it's obviously a great marketing tool, yeah, but is. that's probably the reason I have an issue with it. But they're, they're tapping into this, like, generation of, like, or this just, like, era of, like, black Twitter or Twitter in general, like, just being so, like, snap, like, clapbacky. Which is like really weird for like a, a big corporation to like be able to like come down. Like I want to say like we're like at the bottom of the like, but like you're be, being able to like come out of this hierarchy and come down to like be a part of us, which is like it's cool. It's cool. It's like I appreciate them having to acknowledge that their money is coming from somewhere they can't just pretend doesn't exist. That's exactly nice. that is nice. On the other hand, I'm just waiting for the day that one of these corporations, one of these fast food chains specifically, um, <laughs> says something that's just way out the like out the ball. And people are like, whoa, what so, the fuck is going so on? So I know here, here I know here in the DMV there was like a news channel or a news like mm-hmm. like one of like the high like the well known like news channels here like the whoever's running it was over there talking like the slang was saying like you know J- this weather jaw like got me good and I was like it's weird you are the news channel one of them is gonna say something that they have no fucking business and that shit's gonna stir up a fiasco so I'm just waiting to see which one of you reckless negroes will do it <laughs> actually you reckless non-negroes cause it ain't finna be it one of us it ain't finna be one of us but speaking of this motherfucking um chicken have you been hearing about like this 103 wow this 135,000 pounds a fucking chicken. Sure did. Wasn't my problem because I don't eat shit. That was fucking cross-contaminated and shit. So they said it had gone out in January. So I don't know what shelf life on that is. Bitch, but um, I did. It was for Listeria. Because this article is from the, the 21st. Yeah. Of August. For, what does Listeria do yes. even do? Girl, I don't even eat that. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Listeria is not the brand of chicken. It's the fucking disease. Oh, yeah. I mean, the fucking um, shit. It's a bacteria. Yeah, so it was fully cooked. 
and cut up chicken. And <laughs> <laughs> so that was the issue. <laughs> probably they some shit that they took fucking this disease to give people served um, it. headaches and diarrhea. So the fully cooked and cut up chicken was sold in ten and thirty pound so, packages to institutions, restaurants, and hotels. I, According to the U.S. Department of Agriculture, it was not sold in grocery stores. Okay, I'm cool. Oh, good. I want to believe that the reason that this article really circulated was because <laughs> they were afraid about the chicken. Ass. <laughs> Papa, <laughs> bitches was like they would they, they they felt like it was. I feel like Chick Fil A probably like threw that bug out there to be like y'all can't eat motherfuckers. Y'all not gonna eat our sandwich. Y'all not gonna eat nobody else's. Those lines sandwich. were still and are still wrapped around the goddamn. Corner. Somebody was like, hey. Oh, go ahead. Somebody was like, this This need to be the line for, like, unemployment. I said, no, what the shit is. But you saw them people fully fighting. That's what the sh- that's action shit, first of all. Fully fighting for a motherfucking chicken sandwich. Y'all are not going to show your asses in these people's establishments. For a chicken sandwich. I appreciate that for a chicken sandwich. I'm going to just keep saying, for a chicken sandwich. I appreciate that Popeye's has no customer service and they will get to popping off on y'all asses because if it was a bitch like me, yeah. I would actually have to come up out of character because y'all are really up in there cussing them people out. There was a video oh, that said, get her a fucking food! <laughs> like, before, I don't know, it was just like one customer going off and the, the girl in the back said, girl! <laughs> <laughs> for a chicken sandwich. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna just keep saying, for a chicken sandwich. Y'all are really acting a fool about some damn sandwiches. And it's not... It's this sandwich is... This sandwich has been out. lucid, honey. They're, they're, people are sick. Well, I can't wait for this to die down so I can actually taste this damn sandwich because... I, it's not even because I want to enjoy the hype, but it's just because I want to take... I mean, yeah. So, you know, KFC is significantly worse than Popeye's, but... So, is it a- bad that this week, I literally, after... Because I couldn't get a Popeye's sandwich, I went to KFC and got some chicken tenders. No, not bad. Well, was it good? It was... KFC oh, mm. don't be good. They don't see... The problem is the seasoning. It doesn't say, It doesn't say seasoning. You know, I, since I don't eat, like, meat other than fish or whatever... Um, I saw that KFC is going to have a Beyond Meat chicken. And so everybody hates, like, meat substitutes, and I just really don't give a shit. Because I'm not telling y'all what y'all need to eat or shouldn't eat. I just know that I'm going to eat the shit. I mean, you have to make sure it's not on the same grill. I'm definitely going to try it. You have to make sure it's not on the same grill. Because, you know, Burger King has some impossible... I mean, those um, It just tastes like a regular burger, and I was weird But you know what's also cooked on the same grill as regular meat? So you have to literally make sure that they're not on the fucking same grill. Mm Mm-hmm. And who really? Who's gonna really understand that shit in fucking fast food? None of them are. You driving through? That's my problem from going in there in the first place. I'm not going into like these fast food establishments hoping that (laughs) or expecting that they'll take care of my body. (laughs) I just know that I'm not biting into a burger that I know is made of. But I'm telling you that Impossible Burger it dead ass tastes like a fucking regular ass burger. So I was eating it and I was like, bitch, you might be fucking up your uh, personal diet here, (laughs) your dietary restrictions. But I don't know. But I have I recently had a craving for chicken. And I haven't had one this entire year. I've, this is my eighth month not eating meat. Shout out and to you. for the first time this month, I was like, damn, I really want some chicken. I don't think I'm nourishing my body right. So y'all pray for me. It's, it's you not. <laughs> not at all. <laughs> okay. Um, so shout outs to fucking um, Missy Elliott for yes! finally getting her deserved award. The video Girl, is that tonight? It's tonight. Good for her. I'm not watching it. But no? Well, I don't really like watching... Um, VMAs. I, I'm, I'm unimpressed with they have to offer it. The last time I watched it, Beyonce performed. Girl, that was a while, that was a while ago. I don't really fuck with that was That was literally when she had lemonade. It'd be kids up and through there, and it'd just be looking ridiculous. Like, it's just sh- a shit show. Mm-hmm. I don't understand why they still have so many so much traction on that. White people. Okay. 
I mean, so she did just drop a um a little EP. Yeah, it was good. With some songs on there, which I really, you know, Iconology. And I it's called that or Iconology. Yeah. I thought it was literally mixology. No. <laughs> <laughs> study of an icon. Yes. I really yes, because ology is study of. Yeah, so I appreciate that because I've her videos have been so fucking phenomenal. Yeah, she's like now talented. that you look at it. So I've I'm envisioning or who okay, so who would you want next year mm. for the Vanguard? VMAs. After Missy Elliott finally yes. got hers? After Missy Elliott. Child, I don't even know who's making music videos. Because I have two. Um, oh, Janet already got hers. Yep. Shout out to that. Beyonce already got hers. She did? No. But no, didn't she get that the year she Is performed? Is that what she performed? I think that was the year she performed. Well Lemonade. deserved, girl. Well deserved. I don't know. You give me one. I'm trying to think. Uh, Ludacris? Oh. And DMX. Deserved. Oh! <laughs> never seen a I didn't mean to say DMX! I was trying to say that? Yes. That is well deserved. Why doesn't he have one? His fucking rap. It's fucking ludicrous. No, that I remember being a child and seeing all of his, including didn't he and Mariah have one for baby? If you give it to me, I give it to you. You know what I want. Him and Janet had something I think. That when I make gonna that shit. What about gonna make your body go? Yeah. Oh yeah, that's yeah. that was a really good one. Mm-hmm. Good selections. I feel like they'll give it to like Britney again, probably. I don't think I watch enough music videos to know who deserves one. No, I, I, miss, I love music videos. Can we give the uh, murder? Now there was oh, it's always uninteresting, but you know what? If BET had a video Vanguard Award, I would love for them to give it to Ja Rule Murder Inc. <laughs> Girl, I, I don't even want it. <laughs> I mean, they just had a lot of them. And I mean, no, Ashanti's video for Foolish was actually really engaging. Rain on. That's not that song. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't even remember how it goes. I don't either. See, my days are coming. Was it raining? Nope. Okay, rain on me. I've really only one. I only envision, I literally envision only Ashanti songs with her fucking crying. In the rain. It was hood. That's why I said it should be BET, because only only BET would actually recognize and appreciate hood. Um I think they deserve that. But not for video Vanguard, I guess. Not because yeah. it ain't it's not a creative they were not creative enough. I will give them that. But they gave me some good hood videos, made a bitch feel real comfortable. I was hood adjacent, not from the hood, hood adjacent. So I appreciated them. Girl, you're from the Chesapeake. I'm from the Eastern Shore. Family. Every time I think about you, I said it's Chesapeake, but we got little country hoods over here. <laughs> Girl, I mean, I'm not from them. Your fucking grandfather was a fisher. Yeah, he was. That, you ain't country if your grandfather was a fisher. Why? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I lived amongst the cornfields, played in them very often too. You never mind. You were a ghetto. You were a ghetto. You were a country. <laughs> that's a different. We had the, we we had played manhunt in the cornfields one time. <gasps> Bitch, that's how fun. That game. I want to get a group of adults to play Manhunt. I haven't played that I tried to do that at college. So I tried to do it in college, and it was... Okay, I actually did it, and it was fun. But drunk. Was, no, fuck that shit. I, was, I would have not done that. Mm-hmm. I was... No, not drunk, because I would have been paranoid, because it was, like, late at night, too. Yeah, that's like, pretty, it took, that's like, I was. I did it, like, as a fun thing. Like, let's do... Like, this is a leadership thing. I'm playing a... Okay. Whoever wants to... Whoever wants... Whoever want to have a motherfucking stove Because <laughs> we like shit the fuck up. I'm trying to get... Um, I want to do manhunt. I do want to do, do a big ass group of other grown, drunk adults and we're going to do manhunt either in a city Maybe, uh, oh my God, mall, in the streets of motherfucking D.C., bitch. That would be okay, so Okay, the streets fun. of D.C., but also on the mall. Oh, my God. Oh, that's, that's a that's better, better idea with the monuments. The monuments. We could organize... Okay. <laughs> More to come. More to fucking come. Wow. Wow. My mind. Let's 
continue on, sir. <laughs> I'm sorry. Woo. Okay. Um, and then also shout out. Oh, did you hear about MTV's? Um, <laughs> okay, so first Can of I all, stop this? they're trying to do a show, Ghost In. I wonder if they've already like filmed it or uh-huh. they're just like in the talks of it. I feel like they filmed it. They, they love it. Fucking cat. I mean, fucking MTV just loves to be shady. That's just like they like. Like if somebody's people. ghosted you. Okay, so I didn't even let you finish. What would you do if somebody showed up to your home talking about some? Hey, do you remember me? You ghosted me. Girl, I'd be like, yeah, I did. I read because <laughs> I've been ghosting, <laughs> and I mean, ghosting hurts. Right. S- most of the time, sometimes you just be like, all right, whatever. But. I don't care enough to walk up to a bitch on national television and confront them about it. So I might get popped. Somebody would probably... I'm not personally going to hit anybody in the mouth, but if you bring a camera to my home and talk about I ghosted you, I'm going to say, and oh, and, okay. and you came here with the television show to remind me. because I'm be embarrassed I on that. TV. Yeah, because you're going to be the bitch <laughs> that's embarrassed. Because I can put out some probably some, just some... I can give you some multiple reasons why I ghosted your ass. Your shit was whack. <laughs> your personality was trash. Oh, you ain't have nothing to say. I went to I messed with somebody else that was more beneficial than you. Oh, yikes. <laughs> um, you were boring. Mm. All of these things. And you no I think creativity, honey. Right, because that's why I was like MTV wants to see somebody get rejected. Yeah, they like to. And they have the camera in front of your face too, like. <laughs> the way you just zoomed up in here my just, eye tried to focus I was like whoa like they will zoom in on your fucking face really quick and be like how do you feel about being ghosted oh it's gonna be perfect when they get the reactions at the door cause a bitch like me would literally just be looking like Duffy oh what I look <laughs> like what is this so, so do you think this show is a a go or a pass it's a it's a pass. It's a pass for you. I don't even think like what. How much material do you have even in it? <laughs> how long is our conversation going to be? Because they definitely stretch out catfish. So maybe maybe and I can see this working for them if they actually have people who were in full relationships who ghosted from. They a may do that. That makes sense because you've got a that. whole history. But most of the people I ghosted or who ghosted <laughs> me, we were like loosely talking or were just sexual partners for like a, a month or two, and, and then we just the stopped texting. Yeah, I mean that's not a big deal. You don't have ties to people if you haven't established like or gotten to know each other like yeah. if you if somebody ghosted you and you don't even know their middle name is it that big of a goddamn deal yeah okay all right so say that so can we can we also acknowledge that like we in the fucking earth are letting the amazon burn mm-hmm. that bitches did that shit on purpose I, watching that indigenous woman um cry about that was really difficult for me. can i understand why are we like why are we are so pressed about this fucking sandwich <laughs> but like we ain't over there dropping like a shit ton of water on the Amazon. Uh, like it has been, it had been burning. I guess I don't know what the people can do. I've heard people say that just drawing attention to it, but we do know, like a lot of us, and I'm and we should keep talking about it. The Amazon is burning. This is very bad. It's um, ozone. Yeah, right? and just like overall d- destroying ecosystems. It really broke my heart to watch those animals. Like I just saw their bodies like burnt to a crisp, and that 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 was terrible do not like the thought of us destroying animals homes i think that's always going to be the thing that irritates me the most is upsetting the natural order of things that just like would not normally have anything to do with us i mean granted i'm sure that throwing off their life system will fuck some of our own shit up but um these animals don't do anything to us they actually help us. And I, that's the the thing. I I, dis, I literally hate animals with a fucking passion. Mm-hmm. But I know they're very important to our fucking yeah, ecosystem in our life. Like, I understand that, like, with bugs and shit, I know that bugs are beneficial to our life. So I definitely walk around with bug spray in a fucking net <laughs> so they can't bother me. So they can't bother you. Right. But I just don't understand, like, why... 
why don't everybody else understand the importance of that? Maybe they just want their money right now. However, because I know that's what it's about. I know that that's about, I remember what they said, whether the specifics about it, but it's somebody's decision or somebody realizing that it being there is stopping them from getting their bag. And you know what? Um, conflicted about the bag. It's obviously very important. We should all be getting our money so that we can all survive and thrive at that. But there's other ways to get that money. There yeah. definitely is instead of hurting the fucking or the earth. Because the earth is going to fucking... If My mindset is, do, you, do we know what happened with the dinosaurs. Mm-hmm. The earth is going to be here. We talked about this on the episode before. Mm-hmm. with um, the stri- When we talked I was about gonna spirituality. Continue the, oh, yeah. the earth is going to continue on without us. We're killing it for ourselves. Yeah. Because at one point, we're going to have to walk around with fucking oxygen masks. Mm-hmm. Because we can't fucking get it in the fucking air because we fucking polluted it. <laughs> And the earth is going to one day feel like, fuck it, let's just kill call, kill y'all asses again. Let's kill y'all so we can start over. You need to start over. And bitch, already got me a bunker ready. So another bunker, girl! Well, you ready to get in this bunker, bitch? Just let me know. I guess I'm just... Because <laughs> you think, okay, right? Because we, we just have really complicated views around money. Because on one hand, there's a lot of us in this world. There are a lot of us. And <laughs> yes. things are very comp- like competitive. And capitalism does breed competition, right? And so people are just moved to get money however way they can, especially large sums. So it's not completely... We, we, we do need to find a way to make ethical capitalism happen, but I don't really know what that looks like, and I don't know what it looks like on a grand scale, um, and I think we're really far deep into where we have right now, so um, I'm not sure what we have to do, but collectively, we have to do something. Mm-hmm. And that's that on that, because... The last thing I wanted to talk about with um, Hot Topics was Karamo, because he deleted his Twitter. Um, <laughs> and he also um, Paul, he also um, disabled his comments. Did he? On Instagram. On Instagram? Oh, he wasn't deleting that shit, though. He wasn't giving it fucking Girl, he, he lives in a world that is pressed on social media. God bless that man. You know, okay, so let's just, before we even, let's say what he did. So, Karamo is on um, this new Dancing um, with the Stars, this mm-hmm. new season, and he happens to be there with the infamous um, Sean Spicer. And everybody already has an issue, and they should, with Sean Spicer being on there, because we don't need to humanize someone who has been a complete shit show mm-hmm. um, in our government and in our greater society mm-hmm. not without holding him accountable. Yeah. There was never any sort of moment of salvation for him and you're not gonna boast, like, holster him up into, you know, the public eye of celebration, fun, dance, and entertainment and think he won't be held accountable. We're not yeah. doing that. But apparently they're trying. So Sean Spicer is the former press secretary for Trump and he resigned in 2017 because of issues with Trump. Um, and also during his time as the press secretary, he was the one that was very dismissive and very rude to um, the press about, you know, questions and concerns about President 45. Liar. So I think a lot of people was having that issue with why, you know, why is Karamu like, you know, so supportive of this man? Yeah, because Karamu said that he was a good guy. Um, He said that they were talking. And OK, so on one hand, on a human level, I guess you can like a, a, he, what he was trying to do was be like, oh, you know, he's a person. So, yep. you know, it's not that bad. But really, it, it came without a ca- caveat. It came without holding him accountable, he literally just said that they were teaching each other things, not sure what a big contempt to Karamo, but maybe that's just how to stand in some sort of um, conviction because yep. you don't have that. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yep. Seriously, like, he's not very forthright. I don't think that Karamo is. Karamo kind of just moves with the wind um, and that's been how Ooh. he's been able to build his platform, right? It's just sort of pandering to a white, we very getting white, comfortable. very apolitical. Um, and he's always been this way, very, very bland, very white, a political. He is the culture on. He is culture on. Um, 
what is that show? Queer Eye. And I assume that has something to do with him painting himself to be just black enough, Ooh. but not too black. Um, and I mean, like, you know, I remember seeing Karamo on um, one of the college hills where they were doing business shit. Um, is that what it was? I want to say it was that. There was one really? of the BET. He was on a BET reality show when I was really um, young and he was competing. So was he and on College Hill? Diddy. Was it College Hill? Or was it... Di- well, College was Hill had branched off and done some other shit. But he might have been on one of the other shows. I can't... You, I don't remember which one it was. But he Let's was look it up. Are you talking? Yeah. Um. So... And I remember him just being... He's probably exactly what they told us we had to be in terms of professionalism in the early 2000s. That yeah. you had to sort of set aside who you were and be an example of like a white man in a black body. Yep. And I can see throughout his life that he's very much achieved that. And I guess it's hard to break when you've spent so much of your time doing that. Um, Miles made a really good point, um, House Mother, on Twitter that it wasn't even the fact that like he said it because he could understand if he had been asked or mm-hmm. he had been prompted to to say something like that, but that he re- very much offered up this non-threatening, um, Sean Spicer's a great guy take. And that just really puts him in a point that that really misaligns him with the community or maligns him with the um, community. Girl, he was on the real world. The real world? Girl, that's white. He was on something else, girl. <laughs> Is that it? That's, that's probably, it. That's probably he was on something in BET. I know I ain't make that bullshit up. The next 15? No, I remember that one. He was on there with um, Tiffany Pollard. Yep. Okay, well, maybe I was wrong. Honey. I mean, you probably wasn't, but... Maybe they don't know. Uh, maybe they probably, they probably didn't put that. They probably didn't put that. <laughs> that in the culture, too black to be on a Wikipedia. I'm gonna double check that. Y'all, y'all can um, fact check that too if you want to because a bitch the really thought he was up on BET at some point. He probably was. But... I mean, I get what you're saying. Um, I I really don't. <laughs> I really don't, you know, care for Karamu or um, the whole situation with Spicer. Um, I just, I just feel like so, you know the media really went at Karamu for having to um, be that that like be that person to be the advocate because he is in our community. How and do I guess, you, How do you feel about him on Queer Eye? I mean, I think he's just a token. Okay. So, I mean, I think that's beneficial because they have... I, okay, I do... I see they wanted to implement diversity um, because, you know, they have the other guy on the show. Who? Oh, the oh. One that does the yeah, style. yeah, He's so cute. I really but love I him. But I didn't know there was a reason for Karamu. You know what I'm trying to say? Like Because he doesn't add anything. He, culture, he adds like culture. The, it's like he's trying to make him aware of, like, what's going on around him. I would have called it something other than culture. And also, because he seems like he does a lot of lifestyle um, tips. That's so, like, why. Really, like, that's but, why. I just would have called it something other than culture. Because it's automatically black. I would have chosen someone other than Karamo. But Karamo is really good at probably he's marketable. branding. Mm-hmm. He's marketable. Karamo is marketable. And he, that's something I can see he specialized in. He's always had a business acumen, so I don't think that that's um, ill fit. I might have made up the BET thing, um, y'all, because I don't see it up on But he there. was on fucking um, The Real World, which is kind of similar to BET, but it's the white, the white BET. <laughs> but... That is the end of our hot topics. We talked about a lot, but it is what it is. And we're going to get into our hot... Oh. We're going to get into... Uh, take two. We are going to get into <laughs> our Keeping It Real segment of this week's episode, which I should have said in the beginning, but that is my apologies. But it is the effects of cold switching. Oh, wow. Look at that. How relevant to Karamo. If he could <laughs> switch the fuck back, that would be great. We would never be able to have Karamo on this show. Fuck it with you. Uh-uh, 
um, because people have talked mad shit about each other and then been on each other's shows before. Black um, China and Wendy. Yeah, that shit happens all the time. You just gotta say what you gotta say, honey, and then just get either ask for um, retribution later or deal with the consequences. But shit, I ain't gonna watch my mouth. You Ooh. can't handle my mouth, motherfucker. Who is this from now? That was Erica Mena. <laughs> Hip-hop. I said, who was these these quotes from? <laughs> um, so I wanted we, we wanted we wanted to do code switching. Um and we had already planned to do it at some point, but I just wanted to do it today, I think, because of the Karamo situation. And I really want to get into like the the psychology of it, or if or just sort of speculate about the psychology about it and then maybe look at what people actually say. Yeah. I, I definitely agree. I think that the conversation of code switching is definitely beneficial because we have to, we see that in our everyday jobs that some of us have to do and if some of us have to and if some people don't mm-hmm. and we have to see you know is it affecting us or is it something that is erasing a part of who we are mm-hmm. you know that's been a life that's been an ongoing debate about code switching is it effective is it something that's beneficial or not um and what are your thoughts on that how do you feel about code switching um so i hmm, it depends on what environment you're referring to because i've learned in the last 6 years of my life just how and when i code switch um and it was it was learning the term code switch um in college that really opened my eyes to just how i do it okay um i think that code switching is necessary for every human being as they navigate through different social settings Mm -hmm. i also think it can be super damaging and the definition of code switching the now is the practice of alternating between two or more languages or varieties of languages in conversation so this is interesting because it's typically like in a and mostly academically referred to as people speaking one language literally like spanish and then going to speak english because there's a socio-cultural aspect of that well it actually can also because there's an example of um speaking of the african-american vernacular english as they move from less formal to more formal setting because that's not a language that's a um it's a dialect oh it's a dialect i guess that's a dialect, girl. Is that what we call it? There's a. It might not be a dialect. It's one of the other ones, but it's not a full ass language. Bitch, I don't know Ebonics. I don't know. <laughs> well, that's not <laughs> a street name for. <laughs> But no, absolutely, because we do. We that that's the basic way we know that black people. Because that was going to be my first example. I definitely first noticed code switching as a black person. So we definitely, um, at the basic level, switch between using AAVE sometimes, and some of us have completely abandoned it for fear. What is of that? We say AAVE, African American Vernacular English. Thank you, because I was over here. I was over here trying to put that shit together. I'm thinking about AAVE and like in fucking TVs and movies and VCRs and shit. Bitch. I'm over thinking about AV. <laughs> oh, yeah, sorry. African American Vernacular English, also known as Ebonics, also known as AAVE, um, is just our simple like slang or just culturally um, cultural version of English where we use contractions or we'll shorten things up or just use the way they sound coming out of our mouth as the official way to say them. Because some of those things are like actual... Like finna is a great example of that. I finna beat your ass. Instead of fixing to. Um, I'm fin to. Is, is it even fin? I say finna. Okay, so what is the right thing? Fixing. I'm going to oh, yes. beat your ass. Well, fixing works as well. Like I'm fixing to beat your ass. Like, because fixing or preparing to. Okay. <laughs> What do I want to say? Beat your ass at the end of that, and then say beat your would be one. Like oh, one of my oh, favorite, your. one of my favorite things is how we use B. There's there's a whole like science behind that. Bitch. I yeah, like no, like 
you be doing that shit all the time. Like, it's a continuous thing that happens throughout. Oh, you be doing that shit all the time. Instead of you did that or you are doing this, it is something that you do throughout several timelines and is sustained or interrupted, I guess. Um, So that's interesting because white people have seen white people try to use it and be like, why you be all up in my face, boy? And it's like, not, not... It's not about this moment right now. I don't often use B about a moment right now. It's girl, usually when I'm referring face. to different it's times. It's something in the past. Yeah, something that I'm you... about to be like, girl, you be in my... Well, I don't something even know how to that, use it. Yeah. Right. I don't even know how to use it. In girl, you face. you be in my face and I just be getting tired of it. <laughs> right. So, like, it happens. Yeah. It has happened more than once. It happens on multiple occasions and probably will happen in the future. Yeah. But it is not happening in this and moment. And then you said white people do what again? They'll be like, you be all up in my face talking about right now. If I were right here in your face and they want to say you're in my face like, you be in my face boy <laughs> like cause they use it incorrectly you Fucking have to understand this is the this is why white people often sound really crazy using AAVE is because they haven't grown up with when it is applicable to use certain things yes so it just it isn't just the tone or the um what is it like the sound of their voice or whatever it's also just the fact that they use these shits incorrectly <laughs> and, so, and how often do you co- how often do you code switch um it depends uh i found out that i i don't code switch too much with white people um i've had to learn how to stop doing it because i did it so much in high school and college um and found that some of my friendships i was doing it in, and it made me feel like i was compartmentalizing my identity mm. and not in a way that was conducive to my health so I was like, um, let me just start being black everywhere. Oh, come on, bitch. <laughs> and or just being who I, however I naturally feel, but not feeling like I'm tempering who I am be- because I'm around some white people yeah. who are my peers versus my the black people who are my peers. Yeah. I get that. So I don't do it as much as I used to. Mm-hmm. I'm working on it. It's something I subconsciously do. Yeah. Um, just with me, like I have different times when I code switch as somebody that is gay as somebody that's black and that is somebody that is, you know, in the corporate space, I have to like try to deviate all of my things without without them blurring. Mm-hmm. Like the way that me and you talk is not the way I talk to my coworkers or talk to my, you know, straight friends. But also there's like a professionalism level in that too, right? Where is it like and I, I I'm always trying to change what professionalism means so that right. we're not left out of that. But you're also not gonna get up in there and be as relaxed at um, work as you are with true, your True, because at this happy hour, I was like, let me stop these drinks coming because, bitch, you about to hear me key. I said key. I said me and him over here key, and they was like... It ain't, said, yeah. Let me stop. Because it's not always about how you <laughs> express your gender because you can be a gay man or if you're feminine, you can be a feminine man and be at work, but you're not going to be as relaxed. Mm-hmm. So you're not going to say certain Because I had a boss ask me, am, am I this way when I'm around my friends? And I said, of course not. He was like, well, I want you to feel that way. I said, well, unfortunately, society has not allowed me to feel that comfortable. And also, like, I don't feel comfortable being as fully authentically myself in this space. When I, I, You can't force me to be something when I'm not comfortable to do it. Yeah. Like, you can't be like, feel comfortable. <laughs> no, I have to feel it. But, no, I, coast, I, I tend to co-switch often, especially with white people. Yeah. I do it a lot with white people. And it's even with the, the, the thing of, like, their jokes. Like laughing at it, uh, uh, the, uh, the the key, the fake laugh, or uh, me too. <laughs> it kills my soul to do that. The I'm fake, not lying. yeah. Like, but today I've like with this since I just got a new job, I'm trying to 
have an erasure of this like code switching thing yeah. and, and stop because like I'm in a space where it's predominantly black people and it's it's white people that are like two of them. Yeah. So like I'm like oh now you got to feel it. Yeah. You about to get all of it. Introduce them to you. Yeah. Make it professional, as in don't be in there talking about dicks and shit yeah. and fucks and whatnot. Yeah. Like, keep it professional. But give them you. Because the thing is, they hired you because of what your abilities and skills yeah. are and probably because you were yourself in your interview. Yeah. Um, but I found that pretending to be someone that you're not puts you in a really tough spot because people expect to see that person yeah. consistently. And then you're always performing. Yeah. That I mean, that is true. Do, so do you think that... There is a con to code switching. Absolutely. Um, so here's a, here's where I've seen it more often than not because I have really found out how to navigate um, as a black person and not necessarily stop and not necessarily do it in white spaces all the time. Um, more often in my social life than in my professional life. I'm still trying to figure that part out. But as a gay man. Um, I used to do this thing. My friend pointed, one of my ex-friends pointed it out to me when I met her parents. She said, I went outside. Her parents were out there. And I said, hi, I'm Devin. Nice to meet you. And she said, you put on your straight voice. And I was like, did I? Yeah. And I was like, I didn't, I didn't notice that. But I'm so it. used to meeting older black people, or I was, because this was my sophomore year of college, so it was very early in coming out. I was so used to meeting older black people and expecting to have to perform some masculinity or some sort of like, um undetectable gayness for them. And I I think what it did was it made me feel like I couldn't be this person who I am today anywhere. And it and it made me feel like that person was wrong or mm-hmm. deserved to be hidden or tucked away. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think code switching is a problem when we're not using it as an, as, to gain some advantage. So if we're using it as a device, using code switching consciously and saying if I behave this way and I'm consciously aware that I'm doing it to achieve this one thing and I can separate myself from it great I encourage that because that's playing the game and um, I do still believe in it in some capacity but I think it's when code switching is so subconscious that we don't realize it's happening and it causes a sever in our identity Mm. And I feel like that can happen to people a lot. Yeah. No, I, I definitely agree with that. I had um, presented this whole, this thing called, um, this presentation of code switching to my high school was called, and it was called Decoded. Mm-hmm. And it was basically with them being able to um, understand the uh, the value or the the significant difference between like, you know, code switching and losing one's identity mm-hmm. and letting them understand that the only there the only time that it that you need to honestly code switch is to get a leverage or to get to be able to navigate the workspace in regards to like how you interview or how you like introduce yourself. Yes. You know, like once you get that and once you do all that, then like you I don't want you to lose your identity. Yeah. And I don't want you to feel like, you know, because I, I mean, for example, if, I understand like you can't be when you're on the phone talking to like a stakeholder, you can't be like, you know, you y'all like, got me done or like y'all like this finna be lit like right. this partner. But, you know, I just feel like um, that when you I just feel like there needs to be a, a balance of everything. And I think that the con can be definitely like one feeling like they're losing their identity or they're being put in this box or feeling like they can't authentically be themselves around peers. Um, and that can be very daunting and that can be very challenging because you feel restricted and you feel like there are certain people, i.e. white people, that don't have to, you know, subscribe to this whole code switching thing. 
um, because their language or their vernacular is a mainstream one. And they're the ones being switched to. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, I definitely think there's a con um, to code switching, but I do think there's a pro when it's done the correct way. Yeah, I, I definitely think that has to be a conscious thing. Um, and being aware of, so someone telling you when you code switch is a good example of that because then you can at least know what the triggers are so, but can, and but temper that. How do you feel if a white person is telling you that you're code switching? Oh, well, first of all, a white, people, a white person can't tell me nothing about who I am and what I, how I express myself. I'm not even being funny. No, seriously, if I didn't ask, if you're not my acting coach, um, or specifically in charge of telling me what my performance is at work, you cannot tell me about how I have expressed myself. I, I, it, but how would you, but you, but you just said like, yeah, as in like my peers. So <laughs> Omar okay. can look at me and tell me when I'm code switching. My sister can, you can, okay. like people who share an okay, clarity, identity clarity, with me, clarity, yeah. they can tell me when I'm code switching and when I'm not code switching. Okay, if clarity. you do not share an identity with me and you're not commenting on that specific identity, with the exception of black people, they can pretty much tell me uh, when it's happening because I feel like yeah. a lot of them, a lot of them, not all of them are kinfolk, but a lot of them are. Mm -hmm. Like, I'll take that. But a white person cannot tell me if I'm code switching. I Even if it's coming from a good place, I'm not I'm not taking that from you. Mm -hmm. I don't want it. I'm sorry. I just draw. That's a boundary. That's going to be a boundary for me. Um, <laughs> okay. No, because these are because this is how you get it. Because I want to know. This I mean, is exactly yeah. how you get comments like, oh, you're an Oreo. Or you're not as black as... I'm blacker than you. Because you get shit like that. Because uh, you give people yeah. an inch, they take a goddamn mile. <laughs> and this would be the bitch to have you walking that mile all the way back home <laughs> with a broke-ass foot. <laughs> walking that mile with no fucking transportation. Yeah, nah. Mm -hmm. um, I, what are the, I, there's a really interesting article from 2017 um, from Blavity actually which is that's how you pronounce Blavity that? Blavity Blacks yeah <laughs> bitch I would always not pronounce it that way. Blavity Blavity <laughs> I would call it Blavity Blavity um, and it was written by Hakeem Kimo Hill Hill and it is called How Code Switching is Turning Black People into Method Actors. So um, <laughs> I, I want to comment first that I was reading about method acting a while ago um, just trying to that's get an, a sense of sort of like what really makes a person a method actor just trying to understand and compare my style to it. And I found um, them saying that one of the things that method actors have to be careful of is matching their thoughts to the emotions that they're feeling because you want to feel these really authentic moments um, when you're performing. And if you are thinking something that's different than the emotion you're feeling, it can cause emotional fatigue. Mm. So they encourage you to get into the headspace of said character. And so I've thought about that in terms of, of code switching. And that really does require you to become someone else. Yes. Code switching is very draining because you have to keep... First of all, you have to process what you're saying in your head. And you have to figure out the word to use instead of the lingo that you feel comfortable doing. And then blurt it out. So you have to do all this brain work to fucking just form a sentence is very exhausting. And if you become the person you're pretending to be, it becomes easier to say those it things. It becomes accustomed to it. Because now you're pushing everything that you are trying to not say. I mean, you're pushing all the things that you're trying to, to, to the back and just saying things that you feel like is, a, is the, the appropriate thing. Yeah, they really explore the mental effects of the mental health effects of that. I need to read people, this. Yeah, it was a really, really good article because they talk about, um, especially with a lot of Black people, that there are multiple different personalities. I can definitely attend to that. I was this one person I was home with my family, like, trying to be, like, the star, like, um, just, like, this well-achieving student. Um, I was always running around, staying busy, 
which was for various reasons. And then at school, mm-hmm. sometimes I was like, you know, the entertaining kid, like the clown or whatever. And then sometimes I was the person who was giving advice to people. And so I was wearing so many different hats and so many different identities and really switching them back and forth that it did cause depression because you become... Instead of merging those personalities, you try to figure out which one is real and which one is authentic because mm-hmm. they, they all serve a purpose for someone else. So it really becomes an issue of, like, who 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 am I? <laughs> right. And that's why if you're not aware of when you're making those switches, you really do leave who you are to who where you are. Mm-hmm. And that's a dangerous thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that... No, I, 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 I can agree with you on that one. It is scary. Um, I've definitely realized, and I never thought about it as nothing active because, like, I feel like in our community we're tra- we're taught to code switch. Mm-hmm. We are literally taught to like assimilate. And I don't. Do you think that any other? Do you think that our counterparts more so? I want to say, you know, why people are taught to. Oh, sometimes at work, um, maybe assimilate. women sometimes, um, white women sometimes. I mean, because I know black women are. Often. My mom, oh my God, my mom is the one that taught me how to do a professional voice. I would hear her. Do you remember that when you were a kid? Yeah. Hearing your like parent pick up the Talk phone. Talk on the phone. Hi. Hi, Daniel Graham speaking. <laughs> like, what? This is um, Tawana Manier. I used to be like, ooh, child, who is this Caucasian woman that she got the phone? Bring your motherfucking ass down. He's got this. Tanya? I would literally be like, wow. So my mom is the reason that mine, like, she, I got my professionalism a lot from her. Yeah. But um, I know that Asian Americans have to do it a lot. Mm. Asian Americans are taught, I think I've heard more from them that they have to code switch than anybody else compared to, um, with the exception of black people. I don't know that I've heard, I mean, there are, there's a lot of research that says that Latino kids have to do it a lot, specifically the children whose parents don't speak English. Yeah, yeah, they have to, of course. Because they're literally translating, so they're going from living in the culture that their parents have given um have brought over with them and then also trying to they're not just navigating the white world for themselves they're doing it for their family that is hard so they have to do it to an exceptional level that they're able to effectively communicate with the outside world and their internal homes so i know that code switching is not um specific to black people i just know that um if we don't do it the stakes are really high that yeah that yeah i do see that so are there people who you don't think co-switch? Or do you think everyone does it in some degree? I think we talked about that. But like, do you honestly think there's some people that don't co-switch? I, it would be easy for me to say that white men don't co-switch. But I know that whiteness is, um, is a force that is also an enemy to white people. Now um, it is. Yeah. Well, I think it always has been. I think it always has been because it white supremacy, at least. Um, so yeah, whiteness and white supremacy, they're not helpful to white people because trying to be this thing, right? Trying to fit this mold of being a supreme being and not actually being that has to be difficult in itself. So you have to, as a white person, let's say you are lower class or whatever. um, And even if you do like people who don't look like you, in order to maintain some sort of of social status, and we've seen this a lot in like racial movies, they're going back to their white people and pretending they don't like black people or they feel this way or really having to compromise their values to fit in with people who are hateful because of whiteness. Mm. So I think everyone does have to do it to some degree. It's just that their livelihood doesn't always. Right. So so you... So so you see, like, co-switching as a thing of, like, you change your vernacular, but then also, like, you, like, changing your, like, 
thoughts on like a culture or like I think it's um I think sometimes it can be about your values too. Okay. Cause I was like, you know, I'm trying to like, you know, fil- fil- figure this shit out. Cause code switching is is interesting, or at least the way that I'm defining it, right? Because code switching has sometimes I've seen it mean for black kids in high school. Um, I've seen it listening. I mean, or, I can see it with. I didn't mean to interrupt. Yeah, but like I can see it literally when you're like at school and like peer pressure, or like you literally acting like you fit in with this group and that's not your fucking type of thing to survive, or even just like. Yeah, so indulging or or enjoying types of media you wouldn't mm-hmm. around your different friends, yeah. right? Because I think of code switching as you literally trying to survive. Do you think that 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 is something as like because like I under, I'm literally thinking about people's minds of like this is how my mother and them was teaching me like if you don't code switch you will not survive in our world because this world is not predominantly our language you know our we are not accepted so in order for you to be able to be accepted you have to assimilate or you have to you know try to survive at least or try to get by and go through get through the cracks and get to the top do you think that if not at least if not for the beholder that that would be true for any person in any social setting that's different from the one that they're in for the majority of their their life so okay or here's a really really complicated example let's look at because you was i was like girl you just gave me something with some math let's look at (laughs) the the high school experience Mm -hmm. um because i and maybe i'm just not maybe my personal definition my connotation of code switching is in is um not precise enough but a white student who's popular like a fucking Troy Bolton. Yeah. So he meets this woman or this girl and suddenly finds this new part of himself, right? And has to pretend it doesn't exist. Um, and that's to socially survive. Is that significantly less valid? No. Okay. I don't, it's, I don't think it's significantly less valid. I think it's just the conversation of you, like, surviving what predicament you're in. Like, Troy was trying to survive high school. Right, at right. At that point. Because that obviously is different than a black kid or a black people surviving something that is actually <laughs> offering them well-being. Like, because we, cause we have to, because, like, for example, like, you, us having this, us, like, our parents are telling us, to code switch to survive livelihood. Like, to like, eat. To eat. Like, nigga, if you want a job, you're going to have to stop saying, like, talking like y'all yeah. and this and thinner. You're going to have to, like, you know, and with Troy Bolton, with Troy Bolton if you don't want to lose your reputation as this popular cool kid, you're going to have to act like you don't assume, you don't fucks with the, the, the nerds or the theater kids. Yeah. So, I mean, I think it's just, you have to understand that what is... My 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 thing about it was like we you know we know what's mainstream we know what is acceptable but don't get lost in it right you know don't forget where you come from and I think that's the challenge and I think that's where the issue of code switching comes from is people believe that once you start to code switch you start to erase who you are well we see that it looks like it seems to the public eye that that's what Karama right. has done and that and 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 I understand I understand you know that you know conversation of you know it looks like that to the the, the people's eye. But I just I'm always thinking about like, do we understand why he did it? But the thing yeah. is, especially as someone who now has a show, yeah. um, who's been invited to, you're not gonna just get kicked off of Dancing with the Stars, or you're not yeah. gonna completely eliminate yourself from having opportunities from not aligning yourself with Sean Spicer. So what what benefit does this have? Mm-hmm. Or do you truly believe that this is like okay, or that you have no 
obligation to either not say anything because this is a person who is not a friend to mm-hmm. you or your people. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so is it is it disingenuous for him to like like be? I don't know. What I'm trying to say. Do I you, think it feels that way, right? Because I'm trying to is it like is he is it gen- disingenuous in the moment of him like not? First of all, you know authenticity <laughs> when you see it. So if <laughs> if I truly believed that Karamo. <sighs> was a person who felt in his heart of hearts that Sean Spicer was someone he could hang out with every day, or not even every day, but just like in his free time, Mm -hmm. then I don't think that would have struck me. But something felt performative about it. Mm -hmm. And you can can tell when someone is pandering or performing because there's this certain part of... I don't know. There's just authenticity. You can feel it. You can truly feel authenticity. And maybe not everyone can. Right. But when I looked at that video, I was like, this is a performance of a version of him that is not true to who he grew up as. So am I I thinking about... You know, I'm always playing devil's advocate, girl. We got to have this on the show. Yeah. But like, why was Karamo the one that had to speak out about about Sean Spicer. You need to ask Karama because nobody (laughs) nobody made him do that. So Karama was the only one that was like, girl, he cool. He cool people, right? The only one I saw say he was the only person. So he came. Do we out. know if anybody else said anything? I don't even know if anybody like even cared. I mean, like, I mean, some of them care, but right. Personally, if Why my objective was back? to not, that's a good. That's the question. <laughs> if my objective was to not malign myself with a group, I just wouldn't have said shit. <laughs> we so work my, together, you know. My, so my, I, don't have a, I don't have an opinion because that's my. That's what I was thinking. Is like. Is he is he feeding into this whole like you know, let's let's let this man slap with his problematic ass you know situations that he was doing while he was the press secretary? Like it's hard to believe he doesn't see some benefit in it. I just can't see what the possible benefit is. Number one, and number two, I can't help but think that if he does see that there's a benefit in it, it is code switching, and he has really gone off the fucking deep end <laughs> to even care about what opportunity could come from actually saying that. Yeah, I don't. That's just I, how I feel, though. Yeah, I know we, we were because the code switching is correlating with this thing, and I'm just trying to understand like what the fuck is the T. Like, if I, because my thing about it was like, I wouldn't have to, like, there's no game for you code switching or you trying to get to know this man in this space. There's no game. Like, with Karamu speaking oh, so out. So, your brand is created. Why are you still. You're feeling And nobody even asks, I guess. So, I don't know. And be honest, I don't, I don't, I haven't like dealt, delved like super far into this whole Karamu, Sean Spice things. I really think these two people are like, I mean, in the grand scheme of things, is Karamo's like, <laughs> not changing the world, right? So. But it's just like he's not. My <laughs> thing about it was like, girl, you could have kept you you, you could have kept it quiet about this whole thing because you're not the only one that's on Dancing with the Stars. Well, uh, the my, well, the thing is, we've seen. I know that I have personally seen black people do this thing before. I have seen black people do and support things that were at, actively work against. Wasn't it like didn't Kanye do that? Yeah, <laughs> didn't Kanye do that? Didn't Chris? But Sean I wouldn't do that? call I wouldn't call either of them code switching, um, because they were very much themselves when they did the stupid shit that they did. <laughs> and maybe this is who Karamo is, but it just feels empty, right? Because Chrisette stood there with compassion, with conviction, <laughs> and told us that she was really trying to bridge a gap. I love Chrisette with all my heart, but that was just not it. But it was very much like something she would say. 
and just the wrong decision. But it, it came with a lot of passion, a lot of mm-hmm. conviction. And that I can tell you for certain, based on following her for a long time, that's exactly, she was exactly herself when she did that <laughs> shit. <laughs> she was. I don't know who, it's hard to, it's hard to know who Karamo is, right? It's hard, it's hard to connect to Karamo with any sincerity, with any authenticity. So I am assuming that it is code switching because it has never felt genuine. And, and because of that, because I'm looking at him as someone who's always in the mode of code switching, really hard for me to respect that he chose to do it in this particular instance. And so it really does lead me to think that the self can be torn from code switching if you do it for too long and if you sustain it for so long. And he's in a public eye, so this is something he has to do every time he's being seen on camera which he is very eager to be seen on camera. So <laughs> I can't help but think that there's some part of one who's torn. And if you're that removed from the from the experience of your community to not see that that was a bad idea, why shouldn't I believe that it's destroying or altering your identity? We just wanted you to do better, Karamo. That's Truly. all. True. Like, we love you. We love you. We, we you know, you, you, you visibility. You've never felt like when you code switched that you weren't compromising some part oh, of your identity? Oh, hell yeah. Okay, so that's the Hell point. yeah. <laughs> I feel like that every time I code switch because I feel like I'm losing, I'm not being able to, like, be me. Like, I'm not even saying, like, to the point of me cussing because I do cuss a lot. But, like, I don't think people get to really understand who I am because I'm constantly trying to, like, navigate this fucking works, this space of, like, professionalism yeah. or this space. And it's like, sir, the only time you need to be professional... We need the only time you need to do that is when you're in a space where like everybody is, you know, on the same wave. That's right. You can't be the one in there trying to let's get lit, let's get turned when we're all working on assignments. Exactly. Professionalism is supposed to make working easier. Yes. It that's what the that's what the point is. It's supposed to make it so that work can be done and not be sort of um overshadowed by what people are bringing to the table that's different. Um, but I guess, but see, this is why I have a problem with professionalism because it means whiteness most of the time. White straightness, white, straight, cis. (laughs) So I, one of the things that determined what I would study in college and and what I would pursue after graduation was I didn't want to live my life in a constant code switch. And everyone was like, well, you have to, we all do it. And I was like, well, that's what y'all want to settle for. First of all, y'all don't do it. Exactly. I'm trying to be the bitch to figure out how to find an alternative lifestyle that works for me because I don't, I spent so much of my time pretending not to be gay. Um, At this point, over half of my fucking life, I'm still not even half of my life out of that experience. So no, I don't want to do that anymore. And right. I don't want that to be my the basis of my professional life. And I do feel like a lot of my mental health issues had come from pretending to be someone or putting on a version of myself that made that kept me safe and made others feel more comfortable and I don't I mean, want to do it anymore. I mean, we as gay men, we code switched in front of our families. Families. <laughs> To not even like we're not saying from our families to other we we code switch from who we were yeah for our families yeah we did that and we still do it to this day like we do it innately like it's not even like we have to unlearn, we have to, unlearn to not like be so like bottled up like I I I I definitely can see that we like anytime your family is saying. They're learning who you are. You're in a full-grown adult. And they're like, oh, we're learning who you are. As if they didn't spend your whole fucking life with you. Code switching is dangerous, dog. I mean, it's it, it's beneficial. We've talked about the benefits. We've talked about when it is useful. But I definitely think it can compromise the identity. And I'm just not interested in compromising my identity. Yeah. Anymore. And I, I think to, to, you know, to try to wrap this up yep. and try to close it up, 
it is it is okay to understand the importance and values of code switching. We understand that code switching is inevitable in our life, but it's also understanding who you are mm-hmm. and understanding that you only honestly the only time you need to code switch is when you're trying to get ahead in life. You don't need to code switch in a casual conversation. You don't need to code switch just in your free time. In your free time, you don't need to code switch for the comfortability of anybody else. You see the honesty code switch when you're in a space where you're trying to to get ahead, and that is it. And I think we also, you know, we've been told some, we've been told numerous times throughout our life that we need to just code switch throughout our lives. And as black men, and as queer people, or as black people in general. That is not the case. We are unique individuals, and you can clearly see that they are trying to take our culture. Yeah, absolutely. Even by just anything that we see. So we need to understand that and don't, you know, erase who we are. See the value in who you are. Like, genuinely appreciate. What was the first time I heard this message um, for some, from someone I really, really respected was um, from Janelle Monet. Even if it makes others uncomfortable, I will love who I am. And that was the first step to me not code switching so much. And I really want for everyone to know that you can use this tool and not let it take over you. Mm -hmm. It doesn't have to consume every part of who you are. You don't have to lose yourself because of code switching. You have to use it intentionally and you have to do it mindfully. Yes, and and that is true. And we're going to leave you all on that note. So first of all, thank you all for listening to this episode. We truly adore you all. Um, If you all disagree, if you agree, please let us know in our comments, in our DMs, on our social media at ThatBlackBoyJoy on Twitter and ThatBlackBoyJoy Podcast on Instagram. Mm -hmm. And if you want to continue this conversation with us personally, you can hit us up on our own social medias at underscore Lord Devry on Instagram and Twitter, which is underscore L-O-R-D-E-V-E-R-Y with one D, not two, because that is so dumb. And I'm still, at the moment, free Negro. <laughs> F-R-E-E-N-E-G-R-E-A-U-X yes. on Twitter. And still Derwin King, D-E-R-W-I-N-K-I-N-G on Instagram. Yes, tell us what you all want to see from the show and us, and we will definitely incorporate that into our next, you know, segment of the show, because that's what we're continuing we to do. Because we will be returning very soon, but we always end with an inspirational message, and why, and that is to walk in your truth and be so in love with who you are, because it is the most beneficial and the most authentic and the most unique and the most fabulous and the most wonderful thing that you can do in your whole entire life, <laughs> because nobody else is going to be what? You. And I'm always going to say that because I want us to remind ourselves of that. Yeah. And on that note, we are out! Bye! What really make you happy? Weave when you feel crappy or weave when you're hurt happy. Or growing up and never had a daddy. Now you stunned on your pappy. That's what you call black boy.